Discover connection, awaken sacredness, come power. Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, show number 54. We're your hosts, Dave and... Violet! Our guest today is Carmo O'Sullivan. Carmo O'Sullivan has been working passionately in the healing arts field for over nine years. Her whole life, she was told she was a healer by many people, but she did not step into her power until she attended a Reiki One class in 2012. It was in this class that Carmo felt and saw the subtle energy of the body and understood this was to be her life's passion. She then discovered another healing modality called Healing Touch and found that the program of Healing Touch therapy was where she needed to place her training. Within two and a half years, Carm became a certified Healing Touch practitioner and began mentoring others in the art of Healing Touch. She also trained with Raven Keys to be a medical Reiki master. This certification allows her to go into surgeries and hospital settings to administer energy work to the clients who requested. For five years, Karn volunteered at UC Memorial Hospital to gain knowledge of how the energy of the body is affected when sick. She specializes in helping cancer patients, the immunocompromised, and the very ill with her hands-on healing. She walked all floors of UC Memorial Hospital from ICU, labor and delivery, to hospice, and also helped train other bioenergetic specialists how to do the work in a hospital setting. As a Christian healer, Karm finds healing spirit is as important as helping the energetic body. She found through her energy work that she was a gifted medium in psyche. She practices evidential mediumship work and was master trained by renowned mediums and psychics such as John Holland and Janet Nohavik. Karm is also a spiritual life counselor and uses her psychic ability to help guide one through their life decisions. Karm can heal in many different ways. She teaches her clients how to understand this energetic world and to walk within their heart centers for a better life. She does group readings, private readings, and also teaches intuitive training classes. She has a BA degree in education from California State Northridge and loves spreading her knowledge and gifts to others. Carm loves what she does, and her work reflects her passion. Welcome, Carm. Thank you for being on our show today. Thank you, Dave. Um, very honored to be here, and thank you, Violet, for thinking of me both. Um, it's, um, it's amazing work. Well, we, we always love people who uh, are intuitive and do this work and have discovered it and continue to uh, offer their services to other people. So I'm... Uh, I'm interested in talking to you about your your mediumship. Uh, how, do, how do people get there? Were, were you psychic as a child? Did you see things that other people didn't see? Did you have any support or did you get punished for it? Uh, all those questions always arise. Uh, very interesting. Um, I believe I um, had psychic gifts as a child, but I didn't talk about them. I did feel people touch me when I was little, when I was sleeping. Um, and my back would arch up and then I would just close. I put a blanket over my head and said no. Um, and through the years, slowly, I um, grew and found that when I would talk to people and say things, they go, well, how do you know that? I go, I don't know. And it would be true. Um, so I really didn't know who I was, but I knew who people were. And I would say things all the time. I, the, the, my gentleman, I'm I'm married to today or not married, but my spiritual partner, I knew the minute I met him, he did not like to be alone. I could surmise somebody immediately that what their gifts were, what their, um, their pain was, um, empathically. And, um, my mother was, I felt was a gifted medium, but she, um, didn't, was not accepted. And she was, um, very troubled because of it. Very troubled. Okay. So you, you get into all the, the energy healing work. Uh, you, you took a Reiki class. So uh, I know Reiki has symbols that come to you, uh, has intuitive hits when you're working on clients. 
Uh, were you flooded by that information when you were working with clients? Well, you know, it was really funny. I really didn't understand it at first. When I first took the Reiki class, I understood the, uh, the energy of the body. Mm-hmm. But when I started working at the hospital um, at UC um, Health Memorial, um, I started seeing patients who had on- oncology. They were there for um, radiation. And then I would see their loved ones standing next to them. I'm like, oh, boy, this is not good. I must be crazy. And they were very clear on the messages but I couldn't tell them the messages. <laughs> so, you know, cause I was in a hospital setting. I am not going to let myself go out that way. So it was really funny. The first person I really validated a message to was a woman who saw me many times at Memorial. And then she ended up coming to see me privately. And um, the whole time I um, worked on her, like that was six times, her um, aunt kept coming and kept saying, and she was knitting a hearts for her knitting, 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 she gave me her name. She told me how she passed. The patient I had was a breast cancer patient. The, um, her aunt had died of breast cancer. And uh, um, she was on my table at my house. And she goes, do you ever see anything when you work on me? And I'm like, that's really strange. You ask that. Do you have an aunt who died of breast cancer? Her name is this and she loves to knit. She goes, yes. I go, well, I have a message for you. And that's what started my, my door opening. And realize it. Okay. Well, here's the other key question I always have to ask people who work in hospice who are intuitive. Um, even though you can't say, did you have an inherent sense on who was going, how soon, uh, that type of thing? You know, I never predict death, but um, I do feel when it's close. I know. Um, I have a lot of clients who call me and um, they're disturbed because their father or mother's lingering and I'll go and see them and um, I'll talk to them. I go, it's only a few days away. Um, uh, And and I also tell them why they're lingering. A lot of times they're working through some issues. There's usually family members who've already passed or in the room and they're having conversations. So um, yeah, hospice is one of my favorite things to do, by the way. It's a very sacred space, just like um, being in a live birth situation. Oh, wonderful. So in those, in those opportunities, you know, um, and we have family, I think it's comforting for people to know that when people are in that transition stage, that they're not alone. Have you always sensed that there are people there, beings there helping them? through that because I think people really really are looking for that information so what can you share with us about that well and what I tell um the people who are experiencing a, a loved one who is passing I go the room is filled it usually is um and acknowledge the family members who come forth and know that they are in a middle area the family the person passing is usually in a middle space where sometimes they're in their body and sometimes they're out of their body. And um, talk to the family members. They all see you. It's a thin veil. And um, acknowledge them. Ask them to help dad or mom go go faster. Or um, you can even feel the presence in the room when you walk into a hospice setting when they're close. It feels different. Um, There's a lot of very... um, subtle um, feelings in a room when you know death is imminent. And um, my biggest thing is usually when I'm in the hospice setting, it's not for the patient passing, it's for the patients or the people who are going to be saying goodbye to their loved one. I really hold their energy. Um, The loved one who is passing knows where they're going. Um, They're getting help from the other side. So I explain to um, the loved ones what is going on how, you know, how they're uh, processing, um, even um, talk to the loved ones and bring messages through. It's very, very, very um, different every single time I go into a setting. So I just go in and ask my guides and angels always to come through and just bring the words. I'm a channel for the higher good is what I tell my clients. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I think it's comforting for those that have people in transition or, you know, to know that 
their loved ones not alone, right? We we experienced some of that during COVID where families couldn't be with people. And, you know, it was very heartbreaking for the world to think that these people were kind of alone, but they're really not alone. They have <laughs> loved ones and everything gathered around them, helping them through that process. So, yeah. Um, Always filled. The room is always filled. And what I tell people is even though your mom may have been in a room that they could not see the people, she was she was surrounded. Um, and they choose when they want to go. A lot of times people when they pass may not want anybody in the room. My my father-in-law, very interesting man, loved his family, held on to life dearly, did not want to go. He, had, he has seven kids and my, my mother-in-law all surrounding him at all points, never letting him be alone. And um, the time he passed was when everybody said goodbye just to go get something to eat. My, my brother-in-law was waiting, was sitting with them and he had to go to the bathroom. And when he got back, dad was gone. They choose the time to leave and they don't need help sometimes. We hear that often, right? That they wait or they're waiting for somebody to arrive that might be traveling. Like they know that this person's coming and they wait till they get to talk to them or they wait till the family leaves the room and then they pass. Um, we see that quite often. I even have clients that say, you know, my, my family member passed on this date, which is significant for our family because it's either somebody's birthday or it's somebody else that passed and they're like do you think they picked those dates and I said I think they're very much aware of what's going on whether they're able to communicate or not they know a lot about what's happening at that time um, it's not just coincidence that that date was the date right it's really important to them when they do that so I love that and I like being able to share that with people um, so that they have that, just knowing that your family is not alone. What would you tell people that see spirit out there because you're a medium and they don't, they don't understand it. And what is mediumship? What does that look like for people that are curious to understand what that is? You know, I explain a lot of things um, to my clients that a lot of people don't understand the difference between a psychic and a medium first off. And so I explain to them, a psychic goes to a uh, floor four, and a psychic talks about past, present, future, and they talk about the energy around them right now. A medium talks to your loved ones who have passed. So you go to floor 10. It's a higher energy. Not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychics. And mediums have to go to a higher level to, to connect. They create a light bridge. So a medium is a medium. They have to come to the middle and medium, middle. Um, so the, the, the spirit comes down to the middle part and I go up to the middle. So we ha I create a light bridge is what I, I call it. Um, and when people see spirit, it scares them sometimes. Sometimes they've seen it all their life and they think it's very normal. Um, people who see ghosts are called clairvoyance. They clear seeing. I'm a claircognizant. I just know they're there. I, I can feel them clear empathic, but really it's clear cognizant. And with that, um, I tell people, don't be afraid. First off, you have um, the ability to talk to them. You have control of the situation. And um, if you lean in a little bit, if it's, a, you know, if it's somebody you love and you see them, they're there for a reason and want to talk to you. Be open. We get lots of people, Carm, that come in with teenagers, kids that have mm. these gifts, right? A lot of them are coming in fully open to this, but mm -hmm. mom and dad doesn't have an understanding of this. And so they bring <laughs> their children in, right? And they're like, how do I help her? I don't know what to say to him when he says he sees this and she's a little frightened or he doesn't, is unsure. What do I do? What do you, what, what? Um, suggestions, recommendations, can you give to parents that may be listening that have these beautiful gifted children that have these gifts and they don't know what you mean by I control the situation? 
You know, it's very, um, I get a lot of that, by the way. I have a lot of uh, teenagers I work with. First, it's acknowledging their gifts. You're not crazy. You, um, <laughs> and um, you are special and you need to embrace your speciality. And also parents need to understand um, that the knowledge of the gift of the child is really important. So knowledge brings peace. So uh, I teach um, parents and the children, first off, to understand what energy is. And then I talk about protection for the child because they don't have to be bombarded every day, every day. There's some children who are ghost magnets, I call it, where they attract because their light is open. So we teach them how to close their light and not be open so much and also work or be open when they want to be. But it's also a gift and a power they need to protect and they need, need not to misuse. And it's a process. So I um, educate the parents on how they work, how it works. I educate the child on how they can protect themselves and um, also um, that they're special. They're not odd. And there are, like you said, there are so many more children coming in now. I have one young lady um, who is very, very gifted. She's a ghost magnet and she is being bombarded and um, she needs to close. It's not the time. There's a time to open and there's a time not to be open. So she needs to close right now in her life because it's not her time. So I teach her how to do that. It's just, there's certain techniques you can do to help close off that um, third eye, your intuitive chakras and um, later in life. And sometimes it's now, it just depends on each child and what they're what's going on in the home. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know we get lots in and the parents are like, I don't know how to help them. I don't, I don't know what to tell them. I don't know, but so many of the kids today are fully, fully activated, right? They're, they're coming in with all these beautiful gifts and trying to figure out who they are and they're just searching they're just so wide open. You know, something I'd like to say too, Violet, I think it's really important is a lot of kids who are open may not get recognized by the parents and they lean into the wrong energy. They lean yeah. into more. Than <laughs> and I always talk to the kids who need never to play in the dark. Um, the dark is okay, but you don't lean into it. You want to always go toward the light and work in the light, in the light energy. Um, a lot of kids like to go because they're misunderstood. And so they think it's like um, doing some, you know, uh, I call it black magic. Um, don't play that game. And um, a lot of the kids I work with, we have to clear that energy and um, work toward um, letting them understand how the light works. Um, so that is something I also would like to bring up because I think it's important that kids lean toward what's what a higher vibration instead of a lower vibration. Yeah, I, I do a lot of uh clearing work, energy and entity clearing. And, you know, one of the classic ones is, you know, if you have a Ouija board, throw it away. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know, for, for inexperienced people who have no discernment, it's like turning on the radio to all stations and you bring through all kinds of garbage and noise. And uh, people who are experienced, uh, they don't need it. They wouldn't bother to take the time sliding a planchet around when they can just hear the communication in their head uh, because of their gifts. So, it just really has no place. Uh, yeah, the other thing I, I talk to people about is anything that lowers your level of consciousness makes you more susceptible to entities getting attached to you, whether it's drugs, alcohol, even anesthesia. And um, so I, I talk to them about, you know, if you have a loved one in hospital, especially if they're facing a procedure, it's nice to have somebody do some energy work around them to give them protection. Because I said, obviously, you're going to have uh, dead people you know, earthbound spirits walking around the hospital, that's where they died, and they're poking in, and they might might find a compatible energy and, and get in somebody's energy field. Very good point, Dave. I um, That's a very good, and I think energy work is so important when you go into any type of um, uh, medical procedure, super important, and protection. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, when we don't think about it, right? We think we're in the hospital and it's safe. And we don't think about that we need protection when we're there, but we do because there's lots of things moving around in the hospital. And so um, you always want to have that for your loved ones. Carm, uh, you probably know, Jenna. I think yes. the more you know about energy and understanding. Excuse me? Yeah, you probably know Jana Mall here in Denver. She's uh, she's involved with uh, yeah, you know, healing touch. And when my wife had to have a, a brain tumor removed in 2010, I, I had Jana get involved because uh, she also had the credentials that I, I had to talk to the the chief honcho lady who's in charge of the surgical suite and show her that I had a letter from the doctor that approved Jana being around my wife. Uh, before and after the procedure, so she would have access. But uh, we did make that happen, and uh, that was up at Swedish Hospital. And um, I, I think that just helped things move a whole lot better. And certainly, she was there for the healing aspect. But I think energetically, uh, she's also creating a space for my wife. I will say, Jana is—I do know Jana. I've actually, um, she's an amazing healer. And um, hospitals are getting more open, I believe, mm -hmm. but. Um, Healers need to know because healers really have a higher energy that if you want to do the medium work as a healer and if you're a true healer, you will be able to connect. Um, and Janet allowed me to come to her house and read, do a group reading for a large group of healing touch people. That mm -hmm. was my first time I stood in front of an audience alone. <laughs> and it was amazing, amazing experience. So I'm always honored when I hear Jana's name because she gave me a moment in time. Mm -hmm. And that group reading was one of the most profound group readings I've ever felt I've ever done. So um, I do believe in energy work. It's super important. Um, and hospitals, all you have to do is contact your doctor. And um, I walk in all the time. I have people ask me to be at the hospital prior to pre-op, post-op. And very comfortable setting. I'm very comfortable in it. I do teach other healers how to do walk in the hospital setting. Um, Raven Keys does give you a certification to be in the surgery center, in the actual surgical room behind um, the sterile, the sterile um, the veil. Field. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I have not done that yet in an operating setting, but I do have the certification. Um, but really, if you can, in a, and if you can, because the doctor will receive the energy flow too, and the operation will go a hundred times better. Yeah. Um, but if pre-op post-op um healing touch reiki it is powerful for um faster healing mm -hmm. um i i could uh, my son had a um, he was in a crisis setting he had an appendix that ruptured and it was the doctor said it was necrotic abscessed and horrible and he was an IC, going to go in icu and he had just come out of a three-hour surgery which was supposed to be 45 minutes and I asked the doctor, can I go in and do healing touch? And he looked at me like, what? And he goes, well, I don't know what that is. And I explained it to him and the nurse was nodding. So I went back there and did healing touch and my son stabilized. Um, and he was put into med surge instead of ICU. He could not stabilize before he received healing touch. Oh, that's great. Well, we're going to take a short break here and we're going to have some information about Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Violet Rain, Master Teacher of the Akashic Records series of classes here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. If you've been interested in the Akashic Records, the Akashic Records are the life book or the etheric records of everything that we've ever thought, spoken, done, all of our contracts, relationships since we left Source. It is a valuable resource of information that people are able to tap into to get clarity, to get guidance, just to find out why things are the way they are in their life. The Akashic really helps us do that. This is a great series of classes if you're already getting intuitive information, meaning you're either getting visuals or you're hearing things or you just know things or you feel things. This is a great class to step into to amplify the information that you're receiving from a higher level source 
versus just your intuition. If you'd like to find out more about my series of classes for the Akashic Records, please check out on our website under classes and look for Akashic Record Certification. I hope to see you in class or I hope to see you at the center here at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. Have a great day and thanks for listening. Well, welcome back to Discover Your Spiritual Gifts. This is Wonderful show, and our guest today is Carm O'Sullivan, uh, a healer, a medium. Uh, she just kind of does it all. So uh, we'll go ahead and continue with the discussion. Uh, this is a lot of fun. So um, I want to get back to you. You talked about being a clear, uh, clear cognizant. That's how I, I get my information for past lives and, and other information. I just get downloads now. I, I don't. Uh, early on, I use metaphors like going to the the library or the hall of records and then it, it just started flowing into me um, but do you uh, actually get a visual image of people in spirit do you see features or do you just pick up that they are there and they have this energy pattern and they have these characteristics it's a good question dave um i started out as a clear cognizant but um i've been doing this so many years now i work on all the clairs Okay. So I usually, um, I usually started, there's seven to nine clairs. There's two more clairs that were added. I, mm -hmm. um, but my cognizance is my clearest strength, yeah. but as a clairvoyant, I see faces. I can describe the person. Sometimes okay. I see a movie in front of me. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I smell them, which is, uh, lead Claire Augustus. Um, sometimes I hear them talk. I had, I heard one guy talk to me directly in my ear. That yeah. was the funniest story. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, again, you know, the general public has the idea that every intuitive, every psychic, every medium, they, they all get it the same way and they don't. It, it goes all over the map in, in terms of uh, different ways that you receive information. Uh, I think one of the funniest ones is when you're getting a reading from somebody and they tell you something that sounds uh, uh, remarkable, profound, or, and they, they sit there and say, Oh, I, I'm, I'm getting truth pimples. You know, they're, they're getting a clairsentient reaction where uh, they're having a reaction or they, they get shivers or uh, other things, you know, and they say that that really for me is a profound sign that what I'm giving you uh, is true. It's significant, uh, uh, very uh, profound information. And so, uh, so many people get it so many different ways. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are clairvoyants and they were you know, working at the, uh, the psychic fairs and stuff. And with the Long Island medium, uh, everybody came into those fairs saying, I want to find me a medium. I want a medium to work with me. And the, the, the clairvoyants here are sitting there. We see the people in spirit. We get their messages too. And uh, so they all change their signs to, to read medium. And, <laughs> you know, they just kind of, uh, shifted over to to follow the trend of people's expectations so people get the experience that they wanted when they go to these fairs but you love buzzwords <laughs> oh i, I do they come in and people are like oh yeah that's what i want and they go looking for it right you know i tell my my clients i go i think it's really important to find who resonates with you energetically when you get a reading and I always believe my, my clients find me um, energetically. I had a woman yesterday who said, I just randomly found you. She says, I have no idea how I found you. And it was a profound reading for her. So. Well, good. Uh, I, I help uh, people find readers of different types. Uh, I do uh, extensive uh, muscle testing and I use the level of consciousness scale from uh, Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. And so I, yeah. I look for, for readers that are 280 or above as a minimum. If they're below that, I feel that they may be, uh, they may be wonderfully psychic, but they may not have the discernment on where they're getting the information from. And so it's questionable. Uh, so I, I help match uh, some of my clients up. If they, they see somebody and say, well, I'd like to try them. What do you think? And uh, I'll, I'll check the numbers and see uh, if it's a good match, if it's appropriate, and, and if the person is high enough vibration to make it worthwhile uh, for their experience. So I, I do discernment that way too. I love yeah. that. I love that. 
So Karm, talk to us about what is a medical Reiki master for people that understand Reiki is energy. What is a medical Reiki master? Well, and I really feel medical Reiki master is, you know, healing touch and uh, Reiki are bioenergetic therapies. And so I'm taking the Reiki symbols and then flowing that. I flow Reiki, I do healing touch, I say. And as a medical Reiki master, I'm very comfortable in hospital settings, in trauma settings, and going into the operating room. I've been trained to do that. Um, it is a new way of thinking. So we're trying to get doctors on board. At um, UC Health, I would uh, do once a month, I would do a um, educational talk to the doctors and the nurses on floor. I would demonstrate healing touch. I would do a scutter. And um, with that, I would also talk about the benefits. So doctors are being educated now. So to feel the energy in the operating room, if they were allowed, we were allowed in, they would operate better. They would feel more comfortable. The operation would probably be shorter and the recovery of the patient would be better. And uh, it's infusing the operating room with a beautiful flowing healing energy that you're holding that space for them while they operate. That's what a medical Reiki master is, is being in the medical setting. That's a great explanation. Thanks for sharing that with us. What is the difference between healing touch and Reiki? Is there a difference? Well, you know, I believe there's um. Um, many. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you two. I just figured this is a good question for both of you. Is there a difference? Are they the same? I, I've had them both. So. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it just depends on the person you're working with and what they're drawn toward. I started out with Reiki and that's what opened me up. And then I felt feeling touch. And that's what was my energy was drawn to. I love technique. Um, getting a certification in healing touch is not for the uh, fair part. I call it. You turn in a huge amount of paperwork. You do a hundred clients, you do case studies, you do minor case studies. So really getting a certification in healing touch is you're getting like a master's degree in energy and the knowledge of it. Now, Reiki is an awesome tool. And I know I let most of the people who do work on me are Reiki masters and people I trust. And it doesn't mean I'm any better than them. Um, I'm also a Reiki master, but it's what you're drawn to and what empowers you. Um, I feel um, when you're drawn to somebody energetically is who you should go to. Um, whether they are hanging their shield with healing touch, hanging their shield with a, being a, a Reiki person, but know how they're trained, know how they're trained. Cause a lot of Reiki um, people stepping in nowadays are not trained in um, they just go in and hang their shield. And I really do feel that you need a 10,000 hour role. I call it where you understand the energy of the body and the work you do is very sacred and you want somebody who's an expert in that field. And I think Healing Touch gives you that expertise when you get certified. Dave, would you agree with that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit of a different paradigm uh, where Reiki uh, probably relies more on intuitive, uh, I'll say esoteric methods, whereas mm -hmm. Healing Touch relies more on we're going to have a, sort of a mechanical viewpoint about uh, the function of the layers of the aura, the function of the chakras, uh, sensitizing your hands or your your pendulum or other techniques to determine what's going on in the person's energy field and where things are going. And then you might say, well, okay, then how's that different from acupuncture? Uh, I'm guessing a lot of healing touch, you are sensing uh, what, what's going on in meridians and imbalances, and you're taking care of those, even if that's not the construct that you use to describe it. Uh, on your your case study notes so that's that's a very good description by the way yeah the, the, thing, the thing that disturbs me about reiki is um it, it is a profound system when people practice it and get training and get supervision um i think it's uh not very very strong in people if they go and take a weekend class and and get reiki one certification in in you know eight hours, 16 hours. I, I've even seen it 
uh, to me is very corrupt when I've seen Reiki one and Reiki two offered in the same day, uh, you know, for people who have no experience with it. And it's, um, no, that's, that's not even enough time to, you know, read the first three chapters of the book. Um, um I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, what I tell, and I do teach, I'm going to be teaching the Reiki one class coming up. I tell my students, this is just the beginning for you. This is where you work on your friends and your family. You are just, um, it's like, you're just putting on your apron to work. You're, mm -hmm. you're really learning. Um, I do encourage people to do healing touch because I feel like it gives you a really, I call it a master's degree in energy. You really come out of the other side when you get certified, understanding fully every single terminology of the energetic body. You study in depth people like Barbara Brennan, who hands a light. Um, you, you study different masters of energy work. And so if somebody really wants to have a very fulfilling business, step into healing touch. And Reiki is an opening part. part. Um, doesn't mean that a, a good Reiki master isn't as good as, you know, a healing toucher. Find where it resonates to the same point, because I, I have a lot of good Reiki master friends who I go to in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things I like about healing touch is uh, after you get to an advanced level on it, you can let the system evolve for you. Um, that's one of the reasons that Janet Menken, who founded it, uh, departed ways with uh, therapeutic touch, which I also took in the early 80s, about the same time she did. And therapeutic touch uh, is much more rigid, and it will always be taught the same way, and it does not evolve. And uh, so that's she parted ways from that, and uh, I'm glad she did. She's um, you take the first three levels, and they're structured, and then uh, after you sort of get your chops, then uh, if you get downloads, uh, you can kind of follow those and just say, uh, I have no intuitive hits. So I'm a very eclectic healer. I, I probably have had uh, training in, in 10 different methods of healing. And I also incorporate past lives. I incorporate my clearing work, uh, a lot of subconscious uh, core belief work. So um, I, I find what the, the client needs to, to help them. And, uh, you know, healing touch is definitely one of the tools. I would go see you, Dave, anytime. I can feel your energy. You have good energy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You've been doing this a long time, Mr. Dave. You're giving away um, really good details there in the 80s. That yes. was a long time ago. <laughs> it, it, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I That's think okay. I was I think I was working in parallel with Janet Menken, uh, but I didn't have classes with her. But I, I had some very profound classes where we got a lot of evidential support on what we were doing, which was great for me being an engineer that um, uh, my, my teacher, uh, when I was taking therapeutic touch back then, um, she, she kind of taught outside the book in, in a number of ways. She, she was a, a mid-50s uh, nurse, uh, RN, and... She even had a grandmother who was a Native American healer, so she she brought in other stuff to us that was outside the curriculum. And uh, but she gave us experiences. She brought in people who had uh, uh, met diagnosed medical conditions, and she would have us uh, on a blind study, just uh, read the person and you know come up with our own diagnosis. And this one lady is very is a big experience for me because she she came in uh, mid fifties, overweight. And she said she has something diagnosed. And as soon as that lady walked through the door, I said, it's abdominal. And then when I was scanning her with my hands, I said, it's in the colon. And I got, no, it's not just in the colon. It's in the transverse colon. And I was just dead to rights on uh, for that. And uh, for, for me as an engineer, uh, you know, I look for the evidential stuff to say this stuff works and, and I'm getting hits here. You know, I'm not just making this up and other people aren't just making it up. And uh, yeah, that, that was what she, she probably had uh, something like IBS or, or one of the uh, Crohn's or something, but it wasn't, they didn't have those labels back in the eighties. Uh, but that's, she had something like that. That's a wow. cool story. Wow. Yeah. Hey. That's, that, I, yeah. It, Janet Minkin was, um, I, I, her profoundness of her in her in-depth studies of the different healing techniques 
she was such a gift to this world. Mm-hmm. And I studied, studied under Myra Tovey um, mm-hmm. when I first walked in, who was one of, one of her nurses who helped her put the program together. Yeah. And um, I feel very honored with Healing Touch when I do the work. So. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Carmen, share with us what you offer on one-on-ones and what you, what type of educational programs that you offer people. Um, one-on-ones, I do an hour um, reading. Um, it can, I call it sometimes it's an organic reading, psychic and medium. Uh, people do pop in and I'm like, do you have somebody here? Like I had a woman recently, I'll tell this story, not saying any names. She came because she had a lot of fear of death. And this young young boy came to her. And this is a little graphic, so I'll try to lessen it. Um, I said, there's a child here who I feel was a friend of yours when you were young. I feel that he died in a very uh, accident, a bad accident. Um, I'm feeling my head. I see a tree. feel like his name begins with this. And um, he wants to talk to you. And she's like, and she's looking at me like her eyes are getting bigger and welling. And I go, do you understand who this could be? And she goes, I actually do. And I go, I don't know how he passed. He's not showing it to me, but I see a tree and my head hurts. She goes, um, he was mauled by three dogs. And the tree where he was trying to get into, um, he had pushed his little brother into the tree and saved him. And he was taken by the dogs and it was on her birthday. And mm. it was at a birth. Well, it's going to be, yeah. So her fear of death was speared by that. She had uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, I believe. I told her that. And um, we talked about it. And I asked her to get help. I believe EMDR work would be very important to her. Um, I always love sending um, my clients to people who can also help heal the wounds of the past. So I don't know where the readings go. You never know. Um, when I do a reading... It's always organic, always interesting. I have the funniest stories, crazy ones. Then I have my healing work. I always, um, healing touch, we sit an hour and a half when I first meet with you. Um, I do flow Reiki and do healing touch. And um, we do it on a biomat. I love biomats. I'm sitting on one right now. (laughs) It enhances the energetic flow, I call it. I have a sandwich. It's a bioenergetic sandwich. It's biomat on the bottom, karma on top. And um, so I work with a lot of autoimmune patients, cancer clients. Um, I do believe autoimmune clients, if you don't solve the problems of why you have that autoimmune disease, there'll be more coming. So we talk about um, ways of what's causing it. Um, and we talk about stress relations. Um, I worked with a, did a major stress workshop um, that helps me, um, my clients, Um, confer with them on that different ways to relieve stress Um, I also teach intuitive training when someone comes to me I know who's intuitive they should open up at least understand their gifts and use them in a way that they could use in business in their family life Um, there's so many things you can do with your intuitive gifts and you don't have to be a medium or psychic to use them it enhances your life I love that. I love that. <clears throat> well, share with us, how do we find you? What's your website? What, what channels um, are you on? We love all those, those insights, right? Well, you know, it's funny is I'm carmosullivan.com. So O'Sullivan, O-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, like Nancy. And it's Carm, like Carmel, but Carm at, you know, carmosullivan.com. Um, I am on Facebook. I have a couple different Facebook pages. Stepping into your authentic self is where I um, put my, um, when I do some free readings or do some gift readings, I also promote my classes. I teach mediumship, intuitive training. Um, I'm also on Instagram, starting to do TikTok because my kids want me to. I'm not happy about that. Um, But it's kind of fun. You're a brave soul if you're doing TikTok. I've tried to stay away from it. So good for you. Well, you know, and um, I don't really have any YouTubes. I don't, I haven't really gotten that far. I will tell you, um, I'm very busy and I'm booked out. Um, It's all word of mouth. 
Um, I have an office in Monument, Colorado, off of Baptist Road. I love my office. I also do, I have a large conference room there. And um, with that, um, I do shows. Um, I do classes. And so we're in person. I like being in person, but I do Zoom. I do Zoom. I teach all over the country. Um, intuitive training. I also have a circle group and I do grow my circle group. Um, you have to interview to be in because I want the energy to be the same. And we have such a beautiful circle group. These women all over the country, all walks of life, all wanting to grow their gifts. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, um, got a crazy fun life. And I always believe, don't forget the F word, fun. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That was awesome. Oh, very cool. Well, we thank you for being on our show today. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you and um, you getting to share your story. I'm so glad that we were able to schedule and get you on the show. Um, and anytime you have something new you want to talk about or anything that you're working on, please let us know. We'd love to have you back on the show at some time. And we're going to work really hard to get you to Denver so that we can do some classes with you because I think that would be amazing as well. So uh, the listeners out there, keep keep your ear open. We're going to try to get Carm to, to discover your spiritual gifts to teach some classes. I think that would be amazing. Well, we're going to sneak down and kidnap you and bring you up and <laughs> hold you hostage for a, a weekend. You know, you well, know if, you, if you teach properly, you can go home. <laughs> I teaching it's it is actually more my passion than anything and um, I really enjoyed both of you today Dave you're a beautiful soul Violet you radiate light oh, and um, I would love to come up and teach in Denver um, it is it is truly my passion and I was told that by my guides upstairs that I have to step into my teaching mode um, <laughs> just like I was in my mediumship mode my guides give me a direct tap and um, I just try to make sure people understand that they are amazing creatures that we're all intuitive and step into your intuitive self is the most important thing you can do to leave a fun, loving, smart, happy life. I love that. I think that's awesome. It's very awesome. Well, thank you for being on our show today. Yes, thank you. This has been a joy. I feel very honored to be asked and I can't tell you, I just, you just tickled my day when you asked me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to our listeners, thank you for joining us. Our guest in the next show is author Joy Elaine talking about all her journeys to other universes and what she sees there. Uh, please stay with us for messages from several of our practitioners at DYSG. I'm sure you'll find them very enlightening. Take care. Have a great week. Hi, my name is Heather Nichols. I'm a soul journey coach and the owner of Soulful Essence and Wellbeing. For the past several years, I've been on a quest to fulfill my soul purpose of healing my past so I may learn to love myself unconditionally. I want to show others how they can do the same thing for themselves. My journey officially began in 2015. I became a Reiki master teacher to be a conduit of healing for myself and others. And I've always had an interest in hypnosis and self-development. And I finally stepped forward in my passion and found a program that helped me release negative emotions that were keeping me stuck in my past. I became a certified practitioner in this wonderful program and later studied Akashic Records and many other healing modalities. I'm beginning my new class series starting in March. And this class is for people who are ready to release emotional trauma and blocks from their past. This can be from past lives or this life. During this class, we'll explore what impact anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt has in our lives, how we react to people and situations because of our state of mind, why it's important to forgive ourselves and others. Then it's time to release. And we'll use time techniques to release anger and sadness, a guided meditation to release additional negative emotions, and I'll be giving you a workbook so that you can journal about your experiences. The class schedule is from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on the following days. 
Saturday, March 14th, Saturday, April 11th, Sunday, May 24th, Saturday, June 13th, Sunday, July 19th, Saturday, August 15th. And you can register at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, Facebook, Meetup, or Eventbrite, or at Soulful Essence and Wellbeing on Facebook. You can also register on my website at Soulful Essence, the letter N, wellbeing.com forward slash classes. I look forward to seeing you in my class. I'm Kate Thomason, a.k.a. The Joy Architect. And they call me The Joy Architect because I help people build lives based on their joy. I learned from a near soul death what it takes to make a life joyful because I realized that that was what was missing. And when I brought it all back in, I realized, aha, this is how it works. This is how you make life fun. You bring the soul in, and now I have a method, a process, by which people can have this relationship with themselves, their greater self, very quickly. And they find that foundation of fun in their life that they can use to build their life on. I'm a practitioner at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, so they can look on the website under the practitioners there. Or you can find me at my website, KatherineBlakeThomason.com, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, Blake, B-L-A-K-E, Thomason, T-O-M-A-S-S-O-N.com. I'm available by appointment seven days a week. I work at the center on Fridays from 10 to 5. Hi, this is Dave Barnett, better known as Dave the Mystic. I am a long-term aerospace engineer, but back in 1983, I had some events in my life that forced me to reconsider how reality works. I became involved in healing, channeling, meditation, and developing my psychic gifts. Over the years, I continued to work with these, and I had a wonderful opportunity in 2003 to take four years and really delve into all forms of healing, and along the way, other gifts showed up. I am now working at the center full-time, and I'm happy to offer work with past lives, with working with subconscious core beliefs. I do a lot of work with energy and entity clearing, and since I do this always long distance, I can do it all over the world. I also work with karma burning and with soul retrieval and soul splinter return. I'd be happy to work with you. Please feel free to give me a call here at the center and we can set up an appointment. My direct phone number is 303-902-5323. Thank you and have a great day. Discover connection, awaken sacredness, come in power. Join us for our show on Blog Talk Radio.